Previously on Quest Friends Forever. Val was pretty invaluable during our trying to save the town. It's making me wonder if you've outgrown this place, Val. If you want to go with these new friends of yours, you have my blessing. Stephanie is like just fucking loves whatever this fucking robot is and needs to know more about it. You seem like the type that can take care of people. And I'd like to ask you to take care of Val while you're out on the road. You can tell that she's a little bit emotional because now she's in charge of another thing. Everyone in this community and the surrounding communities and those far beyond know that you, Stephanie, are preordained to be the next protector, the great warrior who leads and defends the druids until their dying days. You know what? I wasn't going to bring it up, but you know we're going to pass the Petrichor Forest on our way to the Pantheon, right? I was just hoping we could go around it, but I guess, I guess we're gonna have to go. Some suspicious looking little halfling was in the club a couple days ago, like... Oh my gosh, that's so weird. Remember that dream I was telling you all about where that disheveled halfling popped out of a dragon's treasure chest? This is like, probably the same guy. Jared, you look around and you see that you're standing by yourself in the middle of a lush green forest. Gulp. It is the middle of the night, but the moon is full and huge in the sky, perfectly illuminating your surroundings. Love it. Just a few yards in front of you, there is a massive structure that certainly seems out of place in this peaceful, natural setting. It is a huge white ivory tower stretching hundreds and hundreds of feet into the air, so high that you can't even see the top because it disappears into the only cloud in the sky. Through the quiet night air, you hear a faraway cry coming from somewhere above you. Help! Somebody save us! What do you do? I go to the foot of the tower and I search. So there's not much around. It's kind of like a clearing in a forest. You know, in like video games when there's like trees, but you're not supposed to go into the forest. So you just like hit like an invisible wall kind of thing. Yeah. When you try to go over there. It's like that. Um, so you can't really leave this area, but at the base of this tower, there is a uh, heavy-looking wooden door. Okay. I walk straight up to the door, and I kick it. Does it break off the hinges or no? Uh, roll for it. Oh, I got a two. And I have a, neg- I, I have a negative one strength, so I guess <laughs> I rolled a one. <laughs> wow. So uh, your foot goes through the door, but the door doesn't open. Now your leg is just sticking through this door, actually, is what happens. You know what? That That's on me. That's uh, <laughs> that's what I get. Um, okay, so I I attempt to pull my foot out of the door. A uh, 12! Yeah, you can get it out. Gorge. This time, I run with my shoulder into the door. Okay, try that. 10 minus 1, 9. Uh, it doesn't go flying off, but it breaks off enough that you can uh, you can get in. Cool. We're in now. Got it. What like, does ordeal. he break the door, but the door is broken, but it doesn't budge. So now he has to just kind of politely pick up the door and lift it off the hinge like an asshole. Well, with your passive perception, after you're in now, you realize you look around and the door was not locked. Hmm. So. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So. Uh, perfect. Love. You are now inside the tower. Uh, the only thing inside is a staircase of about a dozen stone steps that lead up and then a small landing with a lit torch on the wall, and then a turn to the left. Am I in a dream? I'm in a dream, right? Okay. Uh, I 
what is the term for when you're in not astral projection but um lucid dreaming i know how to lucid dream so i fly up i bypass the stairs and i just levitate to the landing above fuck yeah um (laughs) so you levitate uh past these 12 steps and arrive at another small landing uh with a single lit torch on the wall and you turn to the left and there's another set of stairs with a small landing at the top and then okay. you jump to that one and turn to the left and there's another set of stairs and on and on and on, et cetera, ad nauseum. Um, you know, like when you're in like a, like at a hospital or like a stadium and you're just stairs, yeah. left, stairs, left, like just up and up and up. It's that. Yeah. Okay. Can I levitate past all of them like Mewtwo bursting out of the laboratory just all the way through the middle Yeah, you want to just Mewtwo your way up this tower? I'm going to Mewtwo my way up the tower. Okay. So you Mewtwo your way up this tower. <laughs> Even with your amazing lucid dreaming Mewtwo levitation powers, it takes you about a full hour of just constantly up. Of real time? Up, up, up. Yes. You never tire or run out of breath because you're floating, but it takes you impossibly long to climb this tower. And every few minutes you hear that little cry again coming from somewhere above you. Please won't somebody save us? Finally, you float your way to the top floor. This uh, landing opens up into a wide room with extremely high ceilings, like hundreds of feet into the air ceilings. Uh, There are rows and columns of torches adorned to every single wall, stretching from the floor to the ceiling hundreds of feet above, as if they were spectators in a coliseum about to watch you fight in a gladiator pit. About 50 feet in front of you, there is a large wooden door with a comically oversized lock keeping it shut. And guarding that door is a humanoid figure in a full suit of armor that has been dyed the color of blood. This humanoid is almost seven feet tall, though you can't make out any details about them because their helmet covers their entire face, save for a small horizontal slit for the eyes. This red knight is holding a large metallic shield in one hand and a flail in the other, which is the spiky ball on a chain attached to a stick. And they seem to be staring directly at you. What do I do? What do you do? Okay, so I <laughs> walk, I walk, no, you tell me. Um, okay, so I like walk up real casual. I'm still pretty far away, but I start making sort of small talk. I'm like, wow, what a great place you've got here. Um, kind of like meandering, passing glances, looking around. As you get closer, the night seems to be kind of like bracing, like hunkering down a little bit. I use Mage Hand ledger main mm-hmm. a fan favorite a fan favorite we love um are there okay before i say this are there like rocks or pebbles on the ground there's like small yeah just like from the wall that just have fallen off nothing bigger than like the size of your fist and he can't see the hand right the hand is invisible right fantastic i use my mage hand to pick up a rock really slowly slide it against the wall so it doesn't make sound mm-hmm. and then throw it across the room at the night no, across the other side of, like, sort of where I am perpendicularly. For a misdirect. For a misdirect. Yeah. Yeah, that works. Uh, Mage Hand can throw, I mean, probably as well as you can. So it rockets all the way to the other side of the room. Are you trying to throw it hard? Like, as hard as you can? Yeah, it, I want to get it as far for, far away from me as possible. Okay, yeah, and you hit the other wall. It smashes into the other wall and okay. makes, a, makes a crackling crash sound. Do they look over? They do. They hear this noise oh. and they go, huh? And they look over to the left now. I immediately pull out my bow, light an arrow on fire, uh-huh. and then as they're turning to look back at me, I shoot an arrow directly into the slit in their helmet. That's cool as hell. Uh, it works. You direct <gasps> hit a perfect, amazing strike. This arrow hits this knight in the perfectly sized uh, horizontal slit in their uh, helmet, and 
they drop the flail, they drop the shield, and they just stand there for a minute and they start shaking and they explode into a puff of smoke, like a dramatic one, like a magician uses, like a oh. pah. And does does the sound, the from uh, Breath of the Wild happen? Uh, a similar <laughs> sound, but not that same sound because uh, okay. we will get sued. But it's like the... the the, I was off key, so it's not technically not the same sound. Right. I'm, I was flat the whole time. It's it's uh, It's fine. Yeah. Like, can we can we get the Zelda sound? We have the Zelda sound at home. Zelda sound at home. Like that's <laughs> yeah yeah. Bought from Wish. Uh, it's it's actually a uh, <laughs> a small file downloaded from phonezoo.com. It's twenty four kilobits. Per second. Yes. Yeah. Now I have to go absolutely. find that and put that in the pod. Okay. It's the MIDI file is what it is. It's actually just it's the, the MIDI, MIDI file. It's the MIDI cover. Uh, so the knight and their shield and their flail disappear in this puff of smoke, leaving only now the door in front of you. The torches on the wall start burning brighter and more intensely for a second. So bright that you need to briefly shield your eyes from all this light. But after a few seconds, they all extinguish very suddenly and all simultaneously, leaving no smoke behind. Whoa. What do you do now? I walk to where the knight was. Okay. I inspect the lock. It is like the size of like a soccer ball, like this lock. It's just like way bigger than any lock needs to be. The door seems normal, but this lock is just gigantic. Um, Seems strong, heavy. It's made of iron. And from behind the door again, you hear, please, somebody save us. So like the front door, I attempt to just kick open the lock. You have no strength for this. Like, you know, in a dream, you try to punch and stuff and something, nothing happens. Oh, it's no like shit. that. Okay. You, you go to punch this door and it's like you're moving in slow motion and you just barely brush your knuckles against it and nothing happens. I have my magic lockpick in my pocket still, right? Feel around. Do you have I'm going to feel around in my bag. Uh, I find my magic lockpick. It's there. You have it. Gorgeous. Okay. So then I put two and two together and see what happens. Two and two, meaning the lockpick and the lock? That is correct. Okay. Uh, roll for uh, sli- uh, slide of hand for lockpicking. Okay. I got a nine plus four, 13. So it's actually going to be a 14 because this magic lockpick is a plus one lockpick. Uh, gorge. Okay. So with this roll now of 14, you feel the mechanics of the lock kind of turning and clicking and you hit the sweet spot and the lock pops open and falls <laughs> off and makes a heavy thud on the ground. Clang! As soon as the door opens, gold coins begin spilling out of the room as if they were pressed up against this door. And as they fall, you hear a chorus of very small voices cry out from the gold, We're free! We're free! The gold is people? The money is my friend. Uh, The gold spills out of this room, and you look into the room where there are uh, windows along the high walls, allowing the moonlight from outside to spill in and reflect off this uncountable amount of gold that just covers this floor. It covers so much of this floor that you need to wade through it like water up to your knees to enter. Obsessed. And then in the center of this room, there is a closed chest sitting on top of all the gold. I wade through the gold coins to the chest. As you wade through the gold coins and move around, you hear, wee! Um, (laughs) You don't hear anything like a, ow, that's my nose! Oh, no, they like it. They're nasty. Obsessed. Step on me, daddy! Woo! I love this... This monetary orgy. This is gorge. <laughs> uh, so you go to the chest? I go to the chest. And now the chest is at my chest? About chest level, yeah. There is no wow. there's no lock on this chest. Okay. I open the lid. 
inside this chest, there is nothing. Not that it's empty. There is nothing tangible inside. There is no bottom. There are no sides. There is only a completely blank black void. I dive in head first. Shit. Wow. Okay. As you dive in, you hear the lid slam shut above you, and now you are free-falling into this black void. Nothing around you seems to be changing, and there are no indications of anything getting closer or farther away from the top or the bottom. Uh, the only way you can tell you're moving is this feeling of falling. Can you add free-falling to the track? The, the MIDI cover She's of free-falling? Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hold on. Let me go to kazaa.com and download it for you. Get on a lime wire for us, Dave. Yeah. So <laughs> as you fall for, say, 10 seconds, you start hearing uh, a sound. It's a very faint sound, but it's like a roaring, not from like a beast or an animal, but more like a crashing of waves or fast moving water. And you are trying to look around this void, trying to figure out what's going on. And after a few seconds pass for you to acquaint yourself with this feeling, you notice that now suddenly there is a second person falling next to you. They've got their back to you but you can tell right away they aren't more than about four feet tall. Do I notice anything else about them? Anything that they're carrying? Anything that they're wearing? Uh, so their back is to you, so you can't really tell, but they're wearing kind of a, a like common pants, like just whatever sewn pants, and kind of a dirty brown tunic on their torso. Okay. So I comically, like, you know how in uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with the levitation room, how they're like swimming through air? Uh-huh. I start doing that. Over okay. So you swim over to them? I swim over to them through the air. As you get closer, uh, that roaring sound, that kind of watery roaring sound seems to be getting louder. Okay. And as you reach out to, I assume, touch this person? Yes, I reach out to touch them. As you start doing this, you start feeling kind of like a like a mist almost on your face. Like kind of like a, I mean, you can't tell what it's coming from, but like your face seems to be getting wet from something. Kind of this light okay. mist. So it's just, this person's just pissing. <laughs> No. <laughs> Thankfully, you oh, grab okay. them by the shoulder. Danny, how could you write that into this game? This is my god. Be, yeah, everyone's this is nasty. To be a this family tower. friendly audience. Everyone's fucking nasty. So you grab them by the shoulder <laughs> and you spin them around, and you see. Thankfully, they are not pissing. Um, but it is the halfling. It is the same halfling you saw in your dream back in Remedy. I scream. It's you. He's kind of taken aback at this scream. Uh, he's got really dark circles under his bloodshot eyes. He's got dirt on his face. His curly black hair looks greasy and kind of matted to his head. And Jeez. he seems to like jolt awake almost when you yell. And he looks at you confused, but he doesn't say anything as the roaring continues to get louder and louder. So much so now that you need to shout just for him to hear you. I yell, I guess. Who are you? What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a, a more appropriate, iconic uh, cinematic line than Seven, uh, but that's really all that could come to mind. What's so in I the apologize. box? Yeah. What's in the box? He looks at you sleepily and says, I'll answer one question. Uh, I ask, who are you? He looks you directly in the eyes and he says, my name is Hello. hello. But when he says hello, you don't hear him say hello. You hear the robot sound of Val saying hello. hello. What the fuck? I say, say it again. I told you, my name is hello. And he starts saying hello over and over hello. and over again. Hello. But every time he moves his mouth, it's Val's voice. Hello. Hello. And as you are hello. looking at this weird scene, you wake up. No longer in the void. No longer in the tower. 
you are lying on your back in the back of the horse-pulled wooden cart that you have taken from Remedy, staring up at the early morning sky. A few feet away from you, Stephanie and Ellie are also asleep, back-to-back under a blanket, though they are also starting to stir. You can still feel the light mist on your face, and you can hear both the loud roar of water and your robot friend Val repeating phrases in rapid succession, saying, hello, 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 oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, over and over again. And you are now all awake and in the cart. Is the cart stationary? Like it's stopped? It's more not moving? It is. It is stopped. If you uh, kind of sit up a little bit, and Stephanie and Ellie will as well, from all this noise Val is making, you see that the cart is stopped and parked. Val is standing. Can Val sit down? Does Val uh, sit down? And the, Val doesn't sit down, but when Val, say, for example, the place where Val would go to sleep, a.k.a. power down to recharge batteries, think of, like, when you see, like, R2-D2 or any other droid from Star Wars where, like, when they go, ooh. And so, like, the it sort of, like, gets shorter by about three inches or so. So it's not really sitting down, but it's sort of like a, a prone position, I guess. So, yeah, you're not powered down. You're still definitely active because, Val, you are the one driving the cart while everyone sleeps. Uh, you see Val at the edge of the cart holding the reins of the horses in one hand and with the other appendage. Yes, with the other appendage pointing directly forward. Val has stopped the cart at the entrance to a wooden bridge that crosses over a huge, massive chasm in the earth. On the far side of this chasm is a huge, massive waterfall, eternally pummeling water down hundreds of feet below. The impact from this water on whatever it's landing on is creating a white mist that covers the ground level, so it's impossible to see how far down it goes, but it is far. Oh my good! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Question: So when we left, we were on, we were on this wagon thing. Is that? Did I miss that? No. So this is the cart you've been taking everywhere. From you got it in Remedy, you took it to the graveyard, took it back to Remedy, took it to Waystar. This is your mode of transportation now. Oh, okay. So these are the same horses then. So they know that we're we love and care about them. Yeah, right? this is the same okay. mode of transportation you've had this entire time. And we okay. love and cherish them and respect their ways of burying their dead. And we won't park them anywhere unsafe. Yes, it's the same near, horses near you parked everywhere. Improperly buried members of their family. Did we name our lovely, lovely horses? I don't know, have you? Should we come up with names? I would love to come up with names for our horses. Okay. I have a pitch. Horse, H-O-R-S-E. Horse, H-O-A-R-S. Uh-huh. Horse, H-O-A-R-S-E. And horsey. And orders. H-O-R-S-I-E. Oh, they're going to go with Horace for one of them. Oh, <laughs> that's better. Horse, 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 and Horace. Whenever we do make merch, we can make the like horse, 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 and Horace. Yeah. Could be one of the yeah. shirts. Yeah. Horse, 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 and Horace. Honestly, I love it. I'm into it. You know what? I love this. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's always the horses that fucking derail everything. (laughs) The horses that say nay to the story. Uh, So you're standing standing at the edge of this bridge. Or sorry, the the cart and the horses are parked at the edge of this bridge. And Val has stopped uh, the cart and is freaking out at this this bridge. Oh Uh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's where we are. And everybody's awake now. I get off of the cart. Okay. Um. I individually pet each of the horses, spelled in their perspective names. Mm-hmm. I say, you've done well. They say, <laughs> fantastic, <laughs> thank you. And I, I walk to the edge of glory of this cliff. And to the I'm bridge or to the, the edge bridge. of the chasm? 
Uh, right where the bridge is, and so like I can lean on the post that's holding the bridge. Okay. And I like kind of lean over to look. Okay. And I yeah. do one of those dad whistles. Pretty deep. And that's what I say. It echoes quite a bit into this into the chasm. Since you're close to the bridge, do you want to roll a investigation check on it? I do. Oh, that's a five. Plus one. So six. Uh, sure seems like a bridge. So you can't really tell anything about this bridge. Although you do see with your passive perception that the uh, two posts, so you're leaning against one of the posts, uh, this post and the uh, other post on the other side of the bridge have two uh, stone gargoyles sitting at the top of them. And then at the base of these posts on the ground, you see uh, several things just laying there that kind of catch your eye. They're just laying loose on the ground, but there are a few small pouches. There are a few loose pieces of gold, some rings, some necklaces, there's a small uh, rusty sword with a ruby in the handle. There's a metal glove. There's a, a bowl of soup that no longer looks edible. There's two gold teeth. There's a glass eye. All kinds of various small trinkets of varying degrees of value and significance laying at each of these two posts at the, okay. at the base. I immediately grab the two gold teeth and put them into my mouth. It's gross. Uh. Well, wait, hold on. Are they like tooth caps or are they actual teeth? They're actual teeth. Okay, I spit them out. I rub them off <laughs> and I put it and I put them in my pocket. Okay. What is everybody else doing while Jared's checking out this pile of stuff? Val gets gets down and in a very uh mocking not mocking, uh I'm copying exactly what Jared did by petting the horses in the exact same order and in, in like a very sincere sort of a lean forward, like to get sort of like an intimately close to whisper something to the horse. Instead, it's just a very loud. Hello. And then I move on to the next horse and I pet the <laughs> horse's mane and I lean inwards and right into the horse's ear. Hello. And then I can do the next one. And then, I, and then so I, I basically copy and then I go up to uh, exactly next to where Jared's standing and both hands go to where hips would be, I guess on Val. <laughs> And instead of doing the dead whistle, I do the Let's get this party started. Which also echoes down into the chasm. And then I turn and I and, and then I tilt backwards as if to look up and I'm just staring at Jared to see what he's gonna do next. So as he's digging through the stuff. Uh, yeah. so Ellie and Stephanie are still sitting in the, the cart. They're kinda of coming to from uh, being asleep. This is by the way, uh, the next morning. So the all the stuff at the warehouse happened last night. Okay, so I know that we're on the way to the Petrichor Forest and my people. So do I know anything about this this area just because um, from the way you're describing this big like wall of waterfall and the, the bridge or anything, it seems like either this is the area that I had to pass through to get through or like, I don't know. Do I know anything about this place? I'll say you've heard of it. Definitely. You know what this area is. Um, you know what it's called. What's it called? Oh, no. What is it called, Danny? I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't name the waterfall. You want to name the waterfall? Oh, um, it's called... Uh, the hottest waterfall in the universe is its name. It's hotornot.com. And, and, and it's not like hot as in temperature. It's hot as in like... H-A-W-T? Like nature is sexy type situation. Okay. So it's called the, the hotterfall instead of a waterfall. <laughs> yeah. I'm on Great. Board. You recognize that this is the the uh, the Hotter Falls, we'll say. Yeah, uh, you know about it, but uh, as far as if you've like been here and explored it, probably not so much. You're still at least several days, if not a week or so, away from where you're from. 
So it's not like you're down the street. Okay, but I don't know, like, there's no cautionary tales or anything that I know about this place. Why don't you roll a history check? <gasps> Ooh, Danny, Ooh. I'm going to roll a history check. Are you ready? An 18. Wow. Okay. Get ready to lecture. So I'll just turn my mic off and let Danny talk for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so you've heard of the Hotter Falls because they're a natural wonder. But there, there were always like fables or spooky stories people would tell their kids about the Hotter Falls that some people don't make it over the bridge and they fall below to a nasty, nasty death. So you have a general, uh, you, you know, and Ellie also would know that this bridge has somewhat of a reputation for being possibly uh, haunted, although there obviously have never been any, uh, there's been no proof of that. It's just like, so you know about it, but it's kind of thing where it's like, mm, it's, it's up to you how much you want to believe it. Like, it's the same thing of like, oh, the hotel over there is haunted in real life. And you go, yeah, maybe, I don't know, kind of thing. Okay. So, um, so I'm going to go over and investigate the bridge. Okay. Just to, I want to make sure that is it big enough to bring our um, horse, 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 and Horace across? Passive perception, you can see that the bridge looks big enough to fit the cart uh, pretty comfortably, but you can investigate it if you want. Since Jared did not do a wonderful job, it's just that sure is a bridge. That's a seven. So it's still just a bridge. <laughs> it's made out of wood. Uh, I'll say then roll roll with advantage since you know this area. And also if you're checking out wood, you would know about wood. 12. That's good enough. This is good wood. <laughs> uh, so you recognize the, the the trees that this was made out of, which kind of bums you out, I guess, because they were cut down to make this. But uh, you do recognize the wood as being very sturdy, very durable, uh, very supportive. And you also know that also with your history check, since this is the only path for many, many, many miles to get from side A to side B, this is a well-made bridge with the intention of supporting travelers and merchants and anybody going across. Uh, and then since, so Jared and Val are on, say, the left side of the bridge looking at that. Uh, you and Ellie are sitting at the right side, and you also see the gargoyle post with all the weird stuff at the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. I start immediately picking up more of the trinkets on the ground and putting okay. them into my bag. What do I pick up? So... Uh, Roll. We'll see if you get the good stuff or not. Or, I mean, if you're just going through it, right? You're just going through it specifically to get the good stuff. No, I'm putting everything in my bag. I'm taking everything. Okay. He's almost putting everything in his bag, except oh. as soon as he kneels down to start picking stuff up, once again, Val comes up right next to him and bends downward and starts grabbing stuff and starts chucking it in the air behind him. So now it's sort of a race of like, no, Val, don't do that. Don't do that. Some of it lands on the ground. Some of it went over the cliff. Okay. I'm just trying to be helpful. Uh, I know that our, our listeners can't see this right now, but Eric's face is just so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jared, you end up with three rings. And a partridge and a pear tree. A okay. uh, pearl necklace. Ooh. Okay, ZZ Top. <laughs> you already have both gold teeth. Uh, you get the glass eye as well. Oh, okay. 26 pieces of gold. Oh, fuck me the fuck up. Uh, and then, Jared, you also get um, one of the one of the pouches that was, like, cinched shut. Okay. So do you want to open that? Or do you want to just put that in your... I want to I open it. It's 10 more gold pieces. Oh, fucking fuck yeah. Uh, Val, what you throw around, you throw uh, two of the pouches off the cliff. Whoops. 
you knock over the bowl of old soup that just spills onto the ground, and Oops. you th- you throw that uh, that rusty sword with the ruby in the handle. You throw that over the cliff too. Yeah. So here's what I'm worried about in this moment. I'm realizing that this may be an offering bridge. I'm I'm still putting things in my pocket. I turn to look at the group and I'm like, you know what? This might be a bad idea. There's literally not another way around, Jared. We have to we have to go this way. That's it. Okay, fine. Ellie's kind of looking down at the pile in front of her. Like again, like just loose gold and trinkets and stuff. I'm looking over at Jared uh doing his thing and she's like looks over at, at Stephanie and kind of whispers like should should he be doing that? Look, I'm not his mom. I'm not his savior. Whatever. And I I, I take a look at the pile at my feet while I'm saying this. Uh, it's similar. Loose some small pouches, loose uh, loose coins, a few jewels. There's like a there's like an emerald in there. Uh, small small emerald. Somebody has like a there's like a locket there. A nice pair of shoes is there as well. Oh yeah, this is definitely a appeasing the ghost monsters of the bridge to get across type deal is what I say out loud. I say that out loud to everybody. Okay. So why did you, uh, why did you take all of the things? Well, it's free. It's just there. Like (laughs) it doesn't help anybody sitting out here in the woods. We could use this stuff. Do you? Okay. I'm sorry. Do you know about the legend about this, this whole place and its whole deal? No, I know this is the definitely the hottest waterfall in town. Okay, good, very great. However, um, there's this whole legend. Uh, can I just say that I tell them what you said so that way you relay the information? Montage. Yeah, I, I relay the information. I lean towards the cavern and I do that like I put my hand behind my ear and I lean over. And then I say, well, I don't hear any monsters complaining, so I think we should just go. As you guys are having this conversation, Val is distracted by the shiny gargoyle statues at the the edge of the bridge. So Val walks over to one of them and does an investigation check. So they're not shiny. They're made of stone. They're at the top of these uh, these pillars that all the offerings are in front of. They're the same material as the pillars. The top of the pillar is about six feet off the ground, so you're all kind of looking up at them. The gargoyles themselves look not super big. They have kind of pointy ears and they've got some wings, but they're kind of folded in as they're sitting there, you know, the stone guardians watching over. But there's no like button. There's no secret latch. They're just stone. Val sort of mimics the gargoyle and like the way a little kid would go, her, like that. But Val is just sort of like with robot appendages up in the air, like, but you you can't go raw. So are you doing this and saying hello? Ouch. Ouch. But like Ouch. monster, like thriller arms. Yeah. So like, rawr. Ouch. But, rawr. but there's no rawr. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing happens. Okay. Ellie, do you think we should leave something? I mean, just in case. You look back at Ellie and she's already digging through her pouch. And she pulls out uh, five gold pieces. No, four. She pulls out four gold pieces because she looks at all the four of you or the four of the gang, I guess. And she drops four at the base of her, uh, the one that you're standing next to. And she goes, better safe than sorry, right? I 100% agree. And this is why uh, we're friends. Okay, let's go, everybody. (laughs) 
Hey everybody, welcome to the mid-episode break of Quest Friends Forever, episode 6. This is Danny, your DM, your dungeon master, your Willy Wonka-esque guide through this magical world that we hope you are having fun with. I know we sure are. Today we want to give a big hearty thanks to you, the listener, for coming along with us on this journey. This is a lot of fun. We do it because we have fun, but we also are doing it because we hope you have fun listening to it. And you know what? That just makes it more fun for everyone involved. How many more times can I say fun? Stick around. Let's find out. Just wanted to remind you that you can find our podcast, Quest Friends Forever, on the social media platform of your choice, as long as that choice is Instagram or YouTube or Twitter. We are going to have some stuff coming up on there in between episodes. We've got some fan art we started posting recently, which is pretty cool. So, you know, watch this space, as the kids say. Um... Don't forget, we are part of the Nostalgia Network, a podcast network featuring our own show, obviously, like I just said, Quest Friends Forever, as well as a show called Nostalgia, in which Jessica Tercero, otherwise known as Stephanie on this podcast, and Eric Lefebri, also known as Jared on this podcast, get together and talk about movies and remakes and sequels through a queer and feminist lens. I also edit that podcast, so I can tell you it is very good because I've heard every episode because, honestly, I have to because I'm the editor. But anyway... Also on that network is the Lousy Advice podcast, also featuring Eric, a.k.a. Jared, and his band Lousy Advice as they go through top 10 lists or top 11 lists, top lists of different bands and different years and different genres of music and hash it out and have all kinds of good, wholesome, clean, maybe not so clean, fun. Um, There's fun again. If you were betting on me saying it again, you just won infinite dollars. Okay, I need to stop talking. But before I do, I just wanted to remind you one more time that if you are feeling generous, if you are liking what you're hearing, or if you're just a nice person, we would love it if you could hop over to iTunes or Apple or those are the same thing, I guess, or anywhere that you get your podcast and give us a rating and a review if you have the time. That really, really helps our podcast get heard by other people, helps us get our name out there, helps us feel, you know, just better and warm and fuzzier inside. So that's something that you could do to just, you know, make the world a better place, honestly. And really, isn't that what we're all after? Okay, I am done. Let's get back to this episode. I like the second half of this episode a lot. I hope you do too. Let's find out just how much. And by the way, it will be fun. You venture out onto this bridge. Uh, The wood creaks slightly when the horses step out onto it, but doesn't show any sign of breaking or collapsing, just like maybe hasn't been stepped on in a little while. Uh, it's sturdy. It supports the horses and the cart just fine. And everything seems to be uh, going okay for now. You get about halfway onto this bridge, about 50%, right at the middle. That good, solid, you know, good far, fighting far away from from all sides. Got along. And everyone roll a perception check. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not ready. I got a 16. 24. That's incredible. I know. I got a 23. You all are just on it. Um. <laughs> We're all terrified. <laughs> we know that there's a ghost thingy here. So it's like. We're hyper perceptive because of we're all of our collective fear of heights. This is this is my um, history check giving us like a bonus is what that is. You hear the flapping of wings from below you, below the bridge, like a quick, a quick flutter of wings. It's a birdcage, isn't it? And are you Jurassic Park 3-ing us? Uh-huh. And you look around when you hear this. You turn back and you see that the two gargoyles who are sitting on the uh, towers are no longer there. Ew. Ow, ow, ouch. I think we should keep moving. 
Yeah, Val's driving, right? Are you still driving, even though everyone's yeah. awake now? So Val <laughs> okay. now does the, you know, with the stirrups of the big, yeah, like the big, right. like, whoosh, to like get the horses to go go faster. Val's doing that incessantly. What do you say instead of yeah? Hello. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, the horses respond and start trying to move a little bit quicker. Uh, I think I said this bridge was about 100 yards long. If I didn't, I meant to. So you start picking up a little bit of speed. And after a few seconds, down in front of you onto the bridge land two stone gargoyles. And the horses uh, screech to a stop out of fear. And you are now 20 feet from these gargoyles standing on the bridge in front of you. Um, are those beasts? They are a medium elemental. Okay. Which means, since I know that, which means I have to stat block up. Everyone, <laughs> roll for initiative. So the horses screech to a stop. And now realizing that they no longer have to steer these horses, Val drops the reins and has the first chance to do something. Okay. Since we bonded so well back there, you know, with the whole uh, mocking and the ouching, uh, I'm going to try to cast Charm Person on the gargoyle to the left. They have to take a make a wisdom saving throw. I'm going to roll for the uh, theater of it. And then I will tell you that uh, this gargoyle does not become charmed. Okay. You project this spell out and there is no response, no reaction. And then Val just kind of sits down and goes, Ouch. Stephanie is next in the order. I'm going to use Moonbeam. What is that? That's fun. A silvery beam of pale light shines down in a five-foot radius, a 40-feet high cylinder centered on a point within range. Until the spell ends, dim light fills the cylinder. When a creature enters the spell area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there, it is engulfed in ghostly flames that causes searing pain, and it must make a constitution saving throw. Holy shit. And uh, after each of my turns, I can uh, move it 60 feet in any direction. So this is just like a, like a, just a beam coming down from the sky. Mm -hmm. What's the, what's the Gears of War weapon? The Hammer of Dawn is what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Hammer of Dawn, basically. <laughs> okay. So I have to make a con save? For both of them. Yes. So uh, the horses skid to a stop as the gargoyles land and Stephanie, who is already kind of like aware of the situation with this bridge and the hotter falls, springs to action and casts down this moonbeam that lands right on the gargoyles, except it's daytime, so the moonbeam is not quite as strong, maybe, as she anticipated. Um, <laughs> but you do hit both of them, though they don't seem uh, overly affected by it. The gargoyles are next. The first gargoyle, the one that, I guess, took the most damage, whatever you want to call it, well, gargoyle one, we'll say, sort of floats off the ground a little bit with the wings, right? Uh, starts flapping their wings and floats a little bit off the ground, and then flies directly at Val and attempts to grapple and grabs a hold of the robot. So Val, we have oh to do goodness. a strength contest. I rolled a 14. I rolled a 20, not crit. So this gargoyle comes charging at you with their claws out and attempts to grab you by where their shoulders would be. But you just kind of shrug it off and flail about and uh, succeed of getting out of its grasp. But it is still now right next to you. When, when the gargoyle was coming at me, I actually did the robot dance, you know, like the dance move you do at weddings and stuff. And, and so when I was like still, and then I jerked forward and then I was still again, it was just at the moment when the talent was going to grab my shoulder, but instead I turned around and did sort of like a break dance move. That's what happened. 
the second gargoyle is also going to start lifting off the ground and levitating and do the same thing, spear right at Jared. So, Jared, we have to have a strength contest to see whether or not okay. you are grappled. Okay, hmm. 16. Oh, fuck. Oh, my, strength, my strength modifier is a negative one, so 15. Yeah, I rolled an 8 plus 3 for 11. So, oh. uh, you are also safe. So, how do, you, how do you get out of this grapple while Val is roboting? Don't steal my move. I, with the confidence of an absolute fool, uh, decide to do a Neo where, as I see it coming towards my face, I hold up my hand and I say no. <laughs> <laughs> the Gargoyle is a big fan of The Matrix, loves that movie. So when they see this happen, they go, oh, yeah. And then they lose focus and they uh, just kind of skid off to the side. So they don't Gorge. grab you. But again, they are also now right up in your space uh, flying. They're hovering. So right, right on your space. That's the power of pop culture right there. And now, Jared, it is your turn. Okay, I pull out my short sword, and I attempt to swing the axe at the gargoyle's neck on the right side. On my right, their left. Oh, the sword. I'm sorry, short sword. Um, so you pull out your short, uh, short sword in one motion, and you go to uh, slice at this gargoyle, but the gargoyle looks at you and says, No. <gasps> takes Fuck. your move well no i guess he doesn't talk he doesn't talk but he goes but implies Ugh. yeah but yeah. the same no from the matrix hand because again big fan and kind of pushes your sword away and you do not connect with the attack wow ellie's in the back of this cart uh freaking out a little bit because she also knows the stories that stephanie knew and uh doesn't do so great with uh supernatural things we learned in the graveyard but she's, she's trying to be you know, she's learning she's trying to be tough she takes out her bow and aims at the gargoyle that is messing with Val and fires off a shot. So her, sh- her hand's a little bit shaky and she fires, but it goes sailing over the gargoyle's head for a miss. Back to the top of the order for Val. I'm going to swing with my rapier for, for 11. Uh, nope. S- no, so you're going you're gonna to swing at this, this uh, medium elemental and they're going to just kind of put their arms up like this and uh, in an X pattern over their face and block it successfully and take no damage and then glower at you the way a stone gargoyle can. Oh my goodness. Stephanie. So when you say right up on, like, are they right up on them or are they like kind of like in the air trying to grab them with their feetsies? Their like- feetsies? No, feet. Oh my like god! Are we doing another poop episode? <laughs> yeah. So the 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 gargoyles are flying. They're in the air, flapping their wings. Okay, great. DM. Uh huh. Now I can move Uh-oh. my moonbeam sixty feet in any direction. Okay. Theoretically, could I move said cylinder up and over so it's up in the air? So basically, you're trying to redirect this so it just hits the gargoyle, but not Val, kind of yes. thing. Yes. Yeah, it sounds cool. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, like, I imagine this, like, when we're talking about, like, radiant light and everything, like, it, it's like the mirror trick, right? In, like, you know, Indiana Jones with the thing and it's coming around, right? And then you use the mirrors to position it. So, like, I'm just strategically positioning this mirror. You're reorganizing so... satellites in the sky. Okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to reposition so it's like, bing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So realign the satellites. Which one are you yep. hitting? The one on Val or the one on Jared? Um, the one on Val. Uh, yeah, this moonbeam realigns successfully. You have good control over it. It's getting a little stronger because I guess maybe it's getting later in the day and the sun's burning hotter. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, and you get this (laughs) beam just focused really, really good on this gargoyle's, uh, back. You're trying to make it, you know, bend so it doesn't hit Val. So you get him on the back and the wings a little bit. 
and definitely nail them with that radiant damage. And they don't say anything. They just kind of go, Rrr. and then it is the Gargoyle's turn. Gargoyle 1 takes the damage from the actual alignment of the, the realignment of the beam on Stephanie's turn and then is still in it and just keeps taking more of it, I guess, um, and gets hit even harder the second time. And again, lets out a grunt of pain, but the grunt is like rubbing two rocks together, you know. So the uh, radiant damaged gargoyle will try to grab Val by the shoulder. So Val, strength contest. Okay. I rolled a 16. I got 11. Ha 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 This Damn. creature gets its claws, kind of hooks kind of under where Val's, quote, shoulders kick to the, quote, arms, kind of hooks him in there and has Val grappled. And starts flapping its wings excitedly, but does not move yet. So Val, you are grappled. Uh, Gargoyle 2 will also do the same thing and attempt to grab Jared once again. Shit. <laughs> so how do you dodge this one? Nobody's ever seen me jump before you, so I have no idea how high I can jump. I'm a high jumper, secretly. So I leap into the air and do a fully like perpendicular split like a cheerleader. Like... <laughs> My legs are a straight line across the sky. Wow. It's hot. Uh, and the gargoyle flies directly underneath my legs. It kind of just like goes to like grab, but then misses, like just hugs air essentially. Yeah. Uh, and then I land and I turn to look at the gargoyle and I'm like, guess you haven't seen Bring It On, have you? I didn't realize uh, Jared was such a movie buff. I didn't either. Apparently this is a thing uh, happening in Jared's life. You haven't read the pamphlet called Bring It On. Bringeth it on. Bringeth it uh, upon. Uh, upon uh, us. Bring, bringeth it upon. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great pamphlet. You got to read it. Must have not seen Bringeth it upon about uh, two rival clown schools. <laughs> Jester colleges. <laughs> God. Uh, Jester colleges, yeah. Jared, it's your turn. Fantastic. I'm pulling on my sword sword. I still have it out. Um, I go for another swing attack. So your sword, as you land from this cool split move, you have your sword and you swipe at the, or slash at this gargoyle. So you get a hit in. You can tell it's a hit, although it still feels like hitting a stone wall, right? And the gargoyle kind of grunts, Burr! and uh, again, glowers at you. I don't know That's why it? I like the word glower today. Well, I mean, you don't kill him with a five. <gasps> but yeah, you hit him. Okay. Uh, after those cool splits. Ellie... Uh, seeing everybody kind of gang up and get close like this in the cart, she drops her bow on the ground and pulls out her sword and attacks the same one that Jared just hit. So right as Jared hits it, Ellie swings as well. Get it, girl! And as this gargoyle takes a hit from Jared, it also takes a hit from Ellie. Ooh. So like you were like a clang, clang, like almost like simultaneously from the two swords hitting it. And we go back to the top of the order with Val, who is grappled by this gargoyle number one. I have to muscle my way out of it. That's for nine. Mm. It's not going to work. I rolled an 18. That's why I'm happy. Wow. Uh, You remain grappled as you try to kind of wiggle your way. You maybe robot dance again, try to get your way out of it. But the gargoyle has got its hooks in you and you are still grappled. Turns out doing the robot dance is kind of a dated thing. You know, it's not really done that much anymore at weddings. So it's kind of embarrassing that I'm even attempting it. But it's very endearing. Not to the gargoyle. He doesn't like it. He says, that's so passe. Yeah. <laughs> How gauche. Um, How gauche. Stephanie, you're up. 
Um, cool. I am going to do frostbite on that one that is attacking Val. You cause enemy frost to form on one creature that you can see within range, which is 60 feet. The target must make a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the target takes 1d6 cold damage and has disadvantage on the next weapons attack roll. So you're blasting me with a cold ray? Mm-hmm. No, I rolled a two. Fuck yes. Okay. Woo, woo, woo. A five cold damage and disadvantage on your next weapon attack roll. This gargoyle... Um... A chunk of him kind of breaks off from the, the rock, like he's getting worn out, but he is still uh, still fighting. Is it his turn? It is his turn. He takes damage. Uh, 12 damage. 12 damage? Fuck. Okay. So his move is going to be just to fly into the air with Val in tow. So as, he, as the gargoyle flies into the air, the foot gets caught in the beam and his left foot falls off um, and kind of crumbles. But he flies... 60 feet into the air with Val in his clutches. And he's actually going to fly up and go a little bit uh, off the side of the bridge. So he's no longer directly above the bridge. He's directly over the chasm now. And he lets go. Val, who is very heavy, starts plummeting downward into this chasm. Out. Ouch. Hello. And as Val falls, you hear those ouches and hellos get quieter and quieter until they disappear entirely as Val falls into the mist. Why would you do this to us? Gargoyle number two is going to go and again, try to grapple Jared. Same thing again. So strength me, Jared. I rolled a nine. I also rolled a nine. Ooh. Sudden death. Roll again. I rolled a five. Oh my God. I rolled a five too. What? I'm not kidding. Okay. Double over time. 11. I got a 10. Oh, oh. shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. After three attempts, this gargoyle also gets its claws around your shoulders and you are grappled and he starts flapping his wings. But it is now your turn, Jared. I'm going to finesse my way out. I figured you might. Uh, 15. I got a 13. So uh, tell me how you wiggle out. I tickle the gargoyle's kneecaps. I knew you were going to say that. And I say, on the kneecap. And then the gargoyle like, he goes, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> and uh, shimmies and lets go of you and you are free. Ellie is up and she looks not happy that current events are happening. So she gets like pissed and she swings even harder at this second gargoyle and she hits. Hell yeah. And uh, takes a chunk out of this thing's stone wing. Stephanie, you're up. I would like to turn into a giant spider and try to attach like a web to the to the bridge because I want to jump off and try to get Val. This is a pretty badass action movie. Hell yeah. 
So I'm jumping off and like, you know, like shooting the web at the at the bridge. So it's like my rope, right? And then just do you fucking... do it Batman style where you jump first and then turn in midair and then shoot your web? It's not Batman, it's Spider Man, David. Keep track. Well, I don't look, it comes like the web comes out of my butt area, right? So technically I don't even have to look. It's just fine. It just happens. So you turn into a spider, just and it looks cool as hell and you jump off and you attach your butt web to the bridge and now you're like uh-huh. falling trying to get to val yes i keep on falling in and out. so val definitely has a head start and i'm also a giant spider right i'm a large beast that's true you you are bigger um okay so you do this and you are now falling after val and it's going to take you a second to catch up so we'll do that on the next turn but you have successfully aimed in the right direction gargoyles are up Gargoyle 1 floating in the sky. Seeing now what is happening, the gargoyle looks down and now sees only Ellie and Jared on the cart. Looks at Ellie, looks back at Jared, and flies immediately at Jared also. But in its haste to get to Jared, flies through the the moonbeam. Fuck yeah, it does. The gargoyle number 1 flies through this beam and doesn't even make it out the other side. In the middle of the beam, they just crumble and turn to pebbles and rocks and stones that just collapse. And land in front of the horses on the bridge, make kind of clattering sounds, and the gargoyle has been disintegrated by your holy moonbeam. Amazing. Gargoyle 2 gets hit by Ellie by her sword, turns and looks back at her, but then turns right back to Jared, and guess what? Attempts to grapple you in their claws. I want to do more! Okay. They have an agenda, so I got an 11. I got a 5. You are grappled. It gets you, again, under the armpits. It even tickles a little bit. It kind of tickles back because it, you know, revenge tickling. Yeah. Um, and you are grappled. And then okay. it's your turn. So you can try to get out of it. Okay. I'm going to finesse. Okay. Contest me. Fuck. I it doesn't it. matter. Wait. I crit failed. Oh, um, yeah. So the gargoyle crit fails, uh, which means you are just so slippery. You're, like, greased up, and you just grease out of there. But... um because they are so frazzled and suck so bad at holding on to you, as you kind of neo-dodge them, you do kind of throw your arm in the air as part of this dodge, and you can get a, a hit on him. And hit him with my short sword? sword. Uh, take off, uh, you take off two of his toes with this cool <gasps> dodge move. Wow. Um, and he goes, grrr, again. I yell, that's what I call the Quentin Tarantino. Oh, because it's toes? Yeah. Damn. Real, real cinephile, Jared. Love me. Look at that. Damn. Criterion collection, Jared, over here. Does Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> does he own the theater troupe in the neighboring village? Uh, it's actually... Uh, Quintonymous Tarantinus? Quintonymous Tostino. But but he's nasty. <laughs> Nobody likes him. People used to like him, but then some stuff came out about him, and then people were like, mm, not anymore. Yeah. Um, mm. Ellie is up, and Ellie again, just going to hammer away with that fucking sword. Now Ellie's getting kind of into it. She's hit two times in a row. She's just kind of like, smash, 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 like over and over again. She takes off the other two toes on the same foot. Hell yeah, girl. Okay. Get it. Awesome. So we're at the top of the order, which is Val and then Stephanie. Val, you're still falling. And you have been falling long enough that you are now like entering this mist. That mist that was kind of coming up from the bottom. You are now falling into the mist itself. So you're no longer in the clear skies. Which means you're probably getting pretty close to the bottom. My central processing unit is not quite as fast as it once was. So this may be illogical to attempt, but it'll be funny nonetheless. I'm going to try to cast Thunder Wave to push myself upward <laughs> instead of downward. Okay. 
So you're gonna cast. So you're falling straight down. So I'm falling straight down. So I'm gonna throw a, like a like a gravity wind bomb below me. So that way, when it blows up, then each creature in a 15 foot cube must yeah. make a Constitution saving throw, which is myself. Yourself on a failed save, creature takes 2d8 thunder damage and is pushed 10 feet away. So I'm trying to slow down, kind of push yourself somehow. 10 feet back up. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Even though Do I'm, it. I'm going to hurt myself by yeah. doing this, but Do by it. doing this, it's sort of like a yeah, sort of like an air break. Yeah, in do a it. sense. Okay. This is so cute. Uh, so I need to do my own constitution saving throw. Okay, uh-huh. So. <laughs> um, Kenny is so happy. This is great. So I got an eight against, what is it? My spell save DC is 12. So uh, yeah, I failed it. Which means, wait, so that means I have to attack myself now. So take the okay, damage so I from, take, the, from this thunder wave. Shit, hold on. For a total of seven points. Okay. But then by doing so, I kind of air break like uh like a space suit in space does so you're pushed 10 feet back up in the air yeah okay awesome uh this loud crack of thunder can be heard even up on the bridge uh jared and ellie both hear suddenly just thunder from down below and ellie kind of gasps like is that them hitting the ground she looks really nervous but we in the audience know it is not <laughs> you're pushed 10 feet into the air and now stephanie it is your turn because of this air break uh you are falling and it allows you to catch up to Val. Val is within five feet of you. But again, you are in this mist. Uh, the roar is getting louder and louder, implying that you are now closer to where the water is hitting. You are near the bottom, you gather. So you're going to have one shot to do something here. Do not miss your chance to blow. Much like Eminem, you have one shot. So I'm going down, right? I hear the... And then I see a little glint of metal... And I'm, okay, cool. And then I, I see them kind of pop up a little bit, right? And so I stop producing the web, grab him, and then, yeah, like a bungee jump like effect. So it's like we go back up. So it's a bungee. So it's like a, yeah. a slow stop and then a, a pop it's back a rubber up. band. Yeah, because I, I think that also makes the most sense because when you think about like a spider web too, like it's kind of like... Elastic. Um, yeah. So you start to slow from the bungee, the elasticity, right? Val was obviously falling first, so they are beneath you. So as this uh, stretches and stretches and stretches, you didn't realize how close to the ground you were. So even though you have Val and they're slowing, Val is going to hit the uh, the bottom a little bit. Not as obviously hard as they would have if they had been free falling. So Val is going to take some damage from this fall. Ouch. Val, you're going to take four damage from this. And there's like a sharp rock it's the bottom of a waterfall, so there's sharp rocks. So this sharp rock uh, pierces your uh, your center, your little processing, little lights and stuff, and pokes a little hole as you take four damage. And you start to uh, bungee back up. You have saved Val. That was so fucking cool. Um Back at the top of the bridge, Ellie and Jared and the last remaining gargoyle have just heard this huge thunder crash, and Ellie looks concerned. But the gargoyle, who is now sick of this shit, honestly, uh, sick of trying to grab. So gargoyle is going to change their MO a little bit and just reach out and try to uh, swipe their claws across Jared's face. So it hits. So this gargoyle scratches three claws across the front of your face. Oh, fuck. And you start uh, bleeding a little bit from your face. 
you can decide where it is if you want like a cool a cool like mark on your face but your face is now bleeding from a stone gargoyle scratch so i want it to be over my right eye cool and i want it to look exactly like the monster energy logo you know what you are fighting a monster so you are now fueled up with rage let's say fuck yeah and that taurine and guanine is pumping through my veins and it is your turn to do something with all that energy, all that gorgeous, oh, that big Kyle energy you have now. I got big Kyle vibes. Um, I'm going to um, use my cold chromatic orb. So this chromatic orb cold uh, hits, hits the gargoyle. Where, where, where do you aim on the gargoyle? I aim at the leg that the toes got cut off of, whichever leg cool. that was. So this chromatic orb blasts this cold energy onto their leg. And the gargoyle loses its leg from the knee down from this blast of cold. And again, starts crumbling and uh, not entirely yet, but is looking in real bad shape. Gorge. Which brings us to Ellie, who is on a hot streak. She is now freaking out because Stephanie also jumped over the side and she doesn't know what's happening. She's got a lot of like, just kind of feeling overwhelmed. And out of her frustration, out of her fear, out of her anger, lets out a, a scream almost louder than you've heard her do anything else before like she's kind of losing her cool a little bit and takes a huge swipe at this gargoyle i love this i love this for her love this connects uh she went overhead and gets it right between the eyes and gets her sword stuck there and when she pulls the sword out the two sides of the head of the gargoyle fall to each side shut up and the whole thing crumbles and falls into pebbles and rocks Uh, yes and she kind of catches herself like she's kind of breathing heavy like "Ah," and then catches herself and kind of realizes what happened and she went and she goes oh oops (laughs) and it is at this moment that a huge giant spider climbs back up the side of the bridge with a robot in tow and you make it over the side of the bridge val and stephanie and the scene is now calm. I change back. Okay. So Val stands up and sort of looks at, at everyone. And you can see that there's this big gash in the middle of sort of, I guess, where the chest would be. Sort of the, subwoofer, the subwoofer is damaged now. But also you can kind of see some of the innards, some of the circuitry that's going on in there. And maybe there's a couple of sparks. There are definitely happening. a couple sparks. And then so Val gets up and says, Ouch. Oh my god, are you okay? Oh my goodness. How can I not? Hello. Greetings. Greetings. Oh dear. No, thank you. I'm like, trying not to panic, but I'm, okay, you're going to be fine. And then I look over at Ellie and Jared and like, what the fuck, Jared? Like, now you have all of this blood and stuff, right? Oh, oh, I I forgot that I'm all fucked up too. I was like, what did I do? I was like, and- I definitely didn't take anything. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, let's get off of this bridge. I need to help everybody. Let's go. Let's go. Um- <sighs> Val takes sort of like a step forward towards the cart and kind of and kind of twitches a little bit and. I I pick up Val and put them on the cart and just Ellie jumps down to help you with that because Val's heavy. Ellie, who is suddenly feeling strong. We're gonna. We'll take care of this. Okay.
This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit the NostalgiaNetwork.com for more. Hey everybody, I'm Eric. I'm Shelby. I'm Jake. And we are the band Lousy Advice from the Lousy Advice Podcast. Come listen as we draft artists and genre-centric best-of lists. With the help of our closest friends. These lists are canon. And there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. From Misfits to Cher. Green Day to Gaga. Or Pup to Paramore. Listen to the Lousy Advice Podcast now or else. Stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Nostalgia Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that we are the band Lousy Advice, and this is our podcast, the Lousy Advice Podcast. The Lousy Advice Podcast? The Lousy Advice Podcast. Podcast. Podcast.